far-left and far-right political parties are not a thing of the twenty-first century. They did not just suddenly pop out of nothing or nowhere. They have been around for some time, but had such a minor appeal to the mass public that they were absolutely insignificant on the political spectrum. They represented the end form of a radical movement that was not allowed to grow because it had nowhere to grow, for mainstream political parties were effectively occupying the entire political sphere. But events such as corruption trials, financial crisis, the migrant crisis and terrorism combined have created the right recipe to get both the radical left and the radical right to awaken and get more and more support from the voters in every country of the European Union. As described in our reports on France, the Netherlands, Italy, Spain, Greece, Austria and Hungary, there is a deeply radical movement that grows and spreads across Europe. Germany, Denmark, the Czech Republic and Poland have not escaped the trend. A number of violent attacks on asylum seekers or their reception centres have happened in Germany recently, for instance, and the anti-immigrant Alternative for Germany, the AFD, has been gaining support. Populists such as Milos Zeman in the Czech Republic and Andrzej Duda in Poland are definitely enjoying the momentum. Divide et impera, or divide and rule, could be the likes of Sarkozy, Le Pen, Trump, and Farage's motto. As Niccolò Machiavelli wrote in The Prince, the aims of princes for glory and survival can justify the use of immoral means to achieve those ends. When the populism virus spreads in the society, reality and facts absolutely lose all authority in politics. Whoever dares bringing them back on the table belongs to the establishment, is involved in project fear, takes sides with the experts. They are considered subjective and biased. So, how do you make a populist character win? You need a populist politician who will identify a very complex issue for the so-called silent majority, unemployment, security, just name it. They will then find someone to blame for it and explain how they come up with a solution. The problem is that the solution will simultaneously win votes and make things worse for the country, and therefore for the very people who voted for them. Populists give voters someone they can or should blame for their life. Migrants, Jews, Muslims, Mexicans. Populists offer excuses but never realistic plans. We will build a wall. We will check their teeth. Why are populists popular? Because they give people a chance to blame someone else for their problems. The others, the foreigners, the aliens, the people who don't belong to this country. For the state must draw a sharp line of distinction between those who, as members of the nation, are the foundation and support of its existence and greatness, and those who are domiciled in the state simply as earners of their livelihood there. Very important that firms declare how much of their workforce is foreign because they're just domiciled in the state simply as earners of their livelihood. They're not members of the nation. They're not members of the foundation and the support of the nation's existence and greatness. These lines could have been written or spoken by any of the populist characters mentioned in this book, even by Donald Trump. 
Adolf Hitler wrote them in Mein Kampf. It is quite unfortunate, to say the least, that many people forgot that Adolf Hitler reached power through an election after the German economy had collapsed, whilst the mainstream political parties couldn't handle the terrible consequences of the financial crisis of 1929, Hitler offered angry people convenient scapegoats, pledged to restore law and order in Germany, and also promised he would restore Germany's former greatness and glory. Make Germany great again, Hitler would certainly say today. The frustration was growing, and people were so desperate for solutions and for hope that they decided to turn to the Nazi party. Rings a bell? Here we are, 2016.